What's going on, G? Yo, what's up? What's up? So what's happening down in Los Angeles town? Oh, you know, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Well, let, tell the people what you're doing, what you're up to in the, these days. You know, I'm just trying to take over the world. That's that's about it. What about you? Oh, you know, music is in the blood, right? Yeah, of course, of course. That's right. Like, I, I got skills from you. That's right. <laughs> so yeah. So tell our viewers and listeners. Well, tell our listeners what you're actually working on nowadays. You know, I'm working. I'm working on my own podcast. Actually, funny enough, you know, I I felt like I, I have a lot to say. So I, I might as well start a podcast too. Shoot. Yeah. Well, tell us about the podcast. What's what's happening with your podcast? What, what's what's all about? It's about it's about everything actually. You know, I'm, I'm interviewing you know individuals that you know are interesting. You know, because a lot of people are kind of boring these days. You know what I mean? I got that. Now, now, for you folks that are listening out there, this is actually my son, Jared, and he got his music genes from you know who, and he's been doing a lot of projects, a lot of projects down in Los Angeles, and you know, yeah, just tell him some of the things. You got some thing called R and bass, right? Yep. Yeah. Tell what what's R and bass all about? It's the future of R and B. I created a genre um, because I think R and B is kind of dying a little bit, but you know. R and bass is R and B hip hop with a with a more uh, with a name that fits better, I think, for the future of R and B. So, you know, that's what it is. Oh, that's pretty that's pretty cool. So, how's that working out for you? It's pretty dope. I get to discover a lot of new artists, a lot of new music, and it's fun. It's fun for me to um, to dive into music into really dope, interesting, and creative music. So I have fun. I have fun with it. Oh, that's cool there. So, so what kind of what kind of music is it? Is, is it rap or is it funk, R and B, or is it what, 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 what's the genre? Futuristic R and B. Futuristic R and B. <laughs> so, so give us. I, some, I like melody. Give us a little explanation of the futuristic R and B. I just did. <laughs> nah, it's uh, it's like you know, like hip hop. You know, like rap, hip hop, but like R and B, traditional R and B put together. It's almost like a mixed baby, you know what I mean? It's like black and white. It's kinda it's kinda like how it is, you know? So so how would that differ from the kind of songs that you're hearing on the radio today? Um, it actually is kind of what is on the radio today, actually. because um, you know, traditional R and B's kind of been dead for a minute. I don't mean to say dead, but it's just not as, as popular as it used to be. So now people have to, you know, it's a hybrid now. It's a hybrid of sounds. Wow, that's pretty cool. So with that kind of a new sound, how do you mix the new sound from the old school stuff that was going on back in the day when musicians were actually writing songs and, you know, verses and bridges and, and using the creative head to come up with melodies and vocals and lyrics? And how, how, how's that How's that fit in with what you're doing? Well, the thing is, like, now you got to use more 808s, like more digital sounds instead of, traditional you know like a drum set you know it's more replaced by you know synthesized 808s you know synthesized drums that are already they're already processed through pro tools with years of plugins on them so they just keep sounding more and more digital so you know that's kind of like what people are using now and the hi-hats aren't actual hi-hats they're just like synthesized probably came from like a tr808 i don't know what do you think yeah, I think that's cool. I think that, you know, listening to the new music today versus what we were doing in my generation of things is, uh, I think the, the the songs are, you know, they don't have to be so intricate yet. They're good songs, you know, but there's not a whole lot of, there's not a whole lot going into the writing end of it. You know, it seems to be that 
a lot of songs are just pretty pretty fast to write these songs today, but yet it's what's happening now. So when I was doing songs and folks like me, you know, we spent a lot of time on, you know, the the, the melody and, and, and doing the drum tracks and doing the keyboards and stuff. It, it seems to me today, it seems to be a little bit more simplified, but yet it's what's happening right now. What'd you think? Yeah, I mean, people just are more, um, I wouldn't say basic, but people expect a lot less these days. So the songs kind of reflect what society wants, which is simplicity. And simplicity is just loops in music. You know, people just kind of want loops, maybe a little different section here, but it's all about, it's all about just getting to the, the core of the song, which is what the song is, the songwriting. You know, the beat is now secondary, which I, I'm guessing in years ago, the beat was more important because it would catch attention. But now it's just about a solid hook, a solid chorus. It's just different. It's different. But it's still, I still like it, though. I, I like the old stuff. I like the new stuff, too. Okay, so so you think it's more that people are more interested. They're not, you know, they're not really listening for interest, you know, intricate type of melodies. It, it, just as long as it's basic and simple, they're cool with that? Yeah, yeah, people are cool with just the basic foundation of a, a, a looped melody and repeating hi-hats and a drum loop that goes throughout three minutes people are totally fine with that now so let, let's let's go backwards and you know since i'm talking to my son jared goes under the name of j main he's on facebook you know instagram and all these different you know media sites that he's on social media but let, let's just get down to the core of things i mean where'd you get your start in music um just by you know making beats in my room and obviously you know you <laughs> Um, influencing me, you know, already is like in my system, but, you know, my cousin Jay also, seeing him make songs every day, influenced me to start making music, making beats first. So you just kind of felt, you know, because like there's a lot of parents and their kids and stuff that go opposite directions of what they're both doing. I mean, you know, you can have a father-son, mother-daughter relationship, and the daughter has nothing to do with it. I mean, maybe the mom you know, likes to be an actress or she likes to be, you know, uh, she likes to bake or she likes to do something, but maybe the daughter mm -hmm. doesn't want to get into that. She wants to do something totally different. So how do you feel that that contributed being with, you know, uh, uh, being with an, and in a family that's all musicians, your uncles are musicians, you know, your aunt's musicians, your dad's musician. So you think, you think that played a big part of why you wanted to be in the music business? I think so. I think it was cool, you know, having a family that was musical. It, and it really made me want to, at least in some point in my life, maybe not, you know, right away, but uh, definitely in some point in my life, I wanted to, to do some type of musical thing. But I knew I was not, I'm not a keyboard player. I'm not a guitar player. I'm not, I don't know any instruments, but my brain could hear all the notes correctly. I'm not tone deaf, and I don't know. I don't know if I might be pitch perfect, but I might be pitch perfect. I have. I'm not. I haven't done a test. I can't tell you what note I hear, but I know it's the correct note in my head. So it's just in me. So it's bound to happen at some point. Okay. So so you kind of figured like watching your dad, me, and your uncles and stuff. You are not now. I know. I used to take you to shows and stuff like that. So you kind of felt just by watching us or your 
or was it because you, the music got into your soul or or you just was was watching what we were doing and say hey man I, I i think that's what i want to do yeah it definitely like seeing you guys was inspiration for sure for the future i just was also you know in an environment of like different music so like a blend of that you know seeing you guys plus hearing things on the radio and me putting my own spin on it just because i'm in like a different generation and i didn't have access to a whole drum set or anything like that i was in front of a laptop computer so you know you kind of deal with what you got so i couldn't really learn the drums with no drums around so i had to download logic and just start somewhere and that's kind of how it, it made me do the things I do. That is really cool because, like I said, you know, before, you know, a lot of parent and son, you know, mother-daughter type of relationships, they, they, you know, it's, it's, it's very unique when the, 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 the child wants to do what the parent is doing or, you know, like I say, if a person's an actor, now the, now the kid's an actor, you know, and, and it's, so that's kind of cool. So that really has a lot to do with your family genes. It really does. I mean, a lot of people don't, really understand that 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 there is something to family genes that you get instilled in your blood you know re regardless yeah, of what, yeah regardless of whether you want it to or not it just it's in your genes so yeah. so that's that's kind of how i see that it all came about for you because you certainly took off and, and went in that same direction you know so you for a, a good part of time was living in daily city and that's where you kind of kicked off getting into the music business and thing and then you you had some jobs around. You, you did a thing at KSOL. Was I'm sorry, not not KSOL was another station. KML. Yeah, K, yeah, KML. You did what? What did you do at KML? How did that all come about? I was just I was just on the street team, and I just my other cousin uh, Raina worked there, so I felt like I had a shot to to get in there too, you know. But um, I just interviewed, and I, I like I like people, so I thought it would be perfect for me to meet people and have fun and listen to music all at once. And that's how I just got into uh, the street team. After applying, I got an internship. So that was cool. Wow, that's cool there. So for people that don't know, my niece, which is my brother Jeff Edwin's daughter, Raina, she's Lady Ray on KML. Now, a lot of people might not know that. Man, she's she's an on-air personality, and she got it going on, boy. I'm telling you right now. So if, and she's usually on on in the mornings. You know, so you can check out, you know, if you, if you get on KML 106.1, I believe it is, uh, check out Lady Ray. That's right, Lady Ray on KML. That's my niece, you know, Raina. All right, so 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 when you did this KML thing with the street team, so what did that lead into? Because there were some other things you were doing, you know, with, with, with the KML thing. What, what, what were some other things you were doing? Um, it just led into me, like, learning how to talk on the mic. So it like made me start hosting like events sometimes, you know, because when you talk on the mic at events so much, you just start to get a knack for being able to public speaking. That's what I would say is public speaking. Wow. So that was really easy, like talking in front of audiences and stuff. And that which led to me talking at club events, you know, sometimes, which then led to me being comfortable in front of a microphone and yeah, I mean, just really honed in on my skills and being able to speak, I guess. <laughs> wow, that's that's cool. See, yeah, that 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 really does help, you know, to, uh, pave the way, you know, to where you're doing now. So, so after you did the KML thing, you you you, you kind of got it in your mind that you know maybe 
you know, maybe the Bay Area is not where I need to be. I mean, what made you decide? You're, you're living in, in Los Angeles now. And at some point in the Bay Area, you said, hey, man, you know, you know, things are cool. You know, I got this KML thing going on, but I, I need to try to make another move, another transition and, and move down to L.A. What, what brought that on? Well, my friend at the time told me, like, like, yo, you're making beats, you're producing music, you need to be in L.A. And I, I don't know, I thought that, I thought that was crazy, but somewhere inside of me thought that that would be the natural progression to, to really take it to the next level. Because, I mean, in the Bay Area, there's kind of a ceiling. You know, everyone's, it's like crabs in a barrel. You know, it's like, there, there might be one gem in the Bay, but most of the time, it's just a lot of people working on music that aren't really going anywhere. So, L.A. for me was the next level, and I always like to challenge myself. So, I wanted to, I wanted a real challenge after thinking about what my friend said. I was like, you know what? I do want a challenge. I want to actually try to really do this. And, uh, I just made the move because, like I said, I want to be challenged. It's boring when you don't challenge yourself. Right, right. Huh. I don't like being bored. So when you got down to L.A., let's just look at the like the first couple of months or something. Did you did you feel that that was the direction that you, you made the right move, or did you start feeling like, because, you know, I had a friend of mine that went to L.A. who was a songwriter, and, you know, and he, you know, was – raving about LA and I need to go there and that's where all the opportunities are for music and the record companies and all that and blah 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 you know and I tried to tell him well you know I tell you LA's a hard town I mean you know there's like yeah. 10, 10 there's like 10 million of you there's 10 million of you trying to do the same thing you're trying to do and so I kind of tried to warn him against going to LA even though you know I'm 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 totally into you know, people making transitions and changes. You know, they're transitioning and making changes and they're relocating to try to do something different. I'm, I'm totally into that. But being that I spent a lot of time in, you know, the late 70s and 80s, you know, trekking up and down Hollywood Boulevard and Sunset Boulevard and try, trying to get your music heard by record companies and this and that and all the competition, the competitions out there and it's hard to get anybody to listen to your stuff. I kind of was kind of against him going down there. You know, so did you find that when you went down there and you got a couple of months under your belt, did you did it did it did it did it sway your your, your attitude from what your friend told you, or did it look like it was moving towards a positive direction the way you wanted to go? Um, well, it looked it looked a little it looked pretty crazy because there's, <laughs> when you come out here, you see how many talented people there are for real. You don't really know until you're here. And then you're, you're going in studio sessions and stuff, and it's like, whoa, these people are ten times better than I am, and they're here, and they're they're not even making it. So yeah, those first few months were like, man, this is this is crazy. But I'm still young, you know, I'm still learning, and I knew that working at a radio station before I could apply at the radio station here, and maybe make some friends because I don't really know anybody, and I, I don't know, I was just kind of like hopeful i had a hopeful attitude about it but yeah you're right people get crushed out here man people get crushed it's a hard town it's it's really hard it's really it's it's almost i'm not i'm not gonna lie it's almost impossible to to really make it out here almost close to being that you're saying it's almost impossible but you're still there so what what what, <laughs> what what's what's actually what's the driving force that's keeping you there now i mean you know because some people 
will go to L.A. Like I was saying about my friend, you know, just to, just to finish off with him, he actually did go to L.A., moved down there, and six months later he was back in the Bay Area. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's a story that I hear a lot, actually. <laughs> I mean, um, he, I mean, but... I mean, really, he came back and told me in his own words and then out of his own mouth, he said, man, Les, he said, man, you were right, man. That, 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 that town down there, boy, he said, man, there's just, a, you know, the, the description that he gave me about Los Angeles for him was there was too many phonies. Yeah. Yeah, he was saying that this, the, 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 the town was fake and there's too many phonies. You know what? I bet I bet your friend was was in the wrong like circles. He's probably like he's probably getting um, a lot of promises from different people that are just shady people. And he probably you know you don't really know who he is. You know his character. You don't know his character as a person. You know, there's a lot of people that act really tough and act like they're uh, they act like they're very. Uh, I, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, they they seem like they they know how what they're doing. But really deep down, they're just kind of like weak-minded people. And I'm not trying to say that your you know your friend was or anything. But the reason I've been able to not fold out here is because I'm not. I don't have a weak mind. Mm. I'm very. Uh, I'm on top of my stuff. Like I don't give up. That's just the type of person I am, and I've always been. So that's that's why a lot of people fail because they're not that type of person. You know, they're just they're lying to you when they say they are, but they know. In their mind, deep down, they're not that type of person. So they're big, everyone's lying to themselves when they move here. But I'm not lying. Hey, you know, that sounds like father like son. <laughs> you know, that's like father like son. It's like me. You just got to keep trying. You know, you don't fall weak. Yeah. You don't fall short. You know, you just pick yourself up and keep moving because you got a goal. You gotta, you're on a mission. And that mission is not complete yeah. until you're done with it. You know, so so you might be very well right about this guy that he put on a, a, a strong face, but when he got down to L.A., it, it, tim it made him timid. He was too timid to stay, and it was too hard for him. Because L.A. is a hard, yep. a hard town, especially, to, you know, to try to, to try to make it and try to get a break. It's a hard time because, like I said, you got all kind of people out there in that town trying to do the same thing that you're doing, you know. So, so once, you got past, once you got past those months and stuff like that, and you decided just go ahead and... I'm just going to stay here and stick it out. What did you start doing then? I started just, you know, you got to try different things. You got to try to, like, adapt to the culture a little bit. You got to, you know, um, you know, open up new programs, meet new people, attend new events. I was attending events and networking stuff and meeting a couple of people here and there. But, you know, throughout the years, what I realized it's really about what you have, like, what your, your ownership and your content that you have. You know, if you have a million songs out, somebody's gonna to mess with you, man. Like a lot of people are just all talk out here. That's what it is. Like, yo, I got this. I got this. I'm working on right now. I'm working on this with this other thing. And I'm to see what they just told you. They don't have anything. That's what they really told you. So after being here so many years, it's about your ownership and content. That's the key to LA. Wow. So basically, it's all about the stuff that you're doing, and, and it's not so much more like about, you know, collaboration. It's, it's, it's more like, you know, at some point you, you find out that the collaboration stuff just ain't getting you nowhere, and so you're just more into your content of things you're doing, and you're basically 
all about what you got going on. Well, yeah, it, I mean, collaboration's always really good, but it kind of like, it depends what kind of collab you're doing. Is it a collab just because it's your buddy and you're, you're trying to have fun, or is this a strategic collaboration that you're trying to level up? Because, you know, you could you could just do collabs all day, but it's really about you and your content and what you're, what you have as, you know, your brand. Right. So, you know, so, so your brand is kind of like what? I mean, you're, 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 what, what is your, your brand, the niche of your brand? What is the niche? Wait, that, that niche that you got that makes it your brand? Oh, yeah. I just have an audience that loves R&B type music. So I build a really strong R&B following type brand. And I'm able to now kind of parlay onto the next level of whatever I want to do with that brand. Because my audience is open. There there are these people, but they're open to to different things. Just like MTV, you know, MTV was music television, but then it parlayed into doing reality shows, and the audience didn't blink an eye. They started doing reality shows on a music network, <laughs> and it had which had nothing to do with music. So yeah, yeah right. <clears throat> I think arm base arm base now. I'm kind of starting to do a podcast and on a music channel and I have a couple of people that aren't music people. So, you know, it's the future is open, man. You can do whatever you want, honestly, as long as you have an audience. If you don't have an audience though, you're just, you're working backwards. You know, you gotta build an audience somehow. That's true. You gotta build, you gotta build that, you know, and sometimes it takes more than one thing to make that happen. You know, so where, where would, yeah. where would people be able to find your podcast? I mean, what's the, what's the link? Uh, you can find it on YouTube. You can find it on YouTube. Um, youtube.com slash rnbass r-n-b-a-s-s um and yeah check it out when it when it's out it'll probably be out by the time you guys listen to this but uh yeah uh, i'm interviewing mine is solely like guests on each episode um but yeah check it out when you guys get a chance yeah that's gonna be cool so what, what kind of topics are you gonna be doing i i just go with the flow of the uh of the guests and um you know, just try to dive into life, really. People, people are just interested in life. You know, it, it's not. It doesn't always have to be about, you know, the profession of whoever it is. It, it could be like deeper than that. So you know, just, just I'm real, just going with the flow of each person. Yeah, like just real things that are happening currently. Yeah, yeah, that that's cool. Or who they are as a person is cool. Or kind of what they do deal with on the daily is pretty cool. Yeah, that's gonna be cool. There's now see. A lot of people don't know that you you've got a couple of different things going on down in LA. You know, we want to let them know so they can check you out. But you were doing some A and R stuff, right? Yeah, I did A and R at Atlantic Records. Yeah. Wow. So how was that? That that's kind of cool experience to be with Atlantic Records. I mean, like you're like you're, you're like on the inside of things. I mean, how was that? It was cool. It was cool. I I, I really like the people there. Um, they have a vision for what they want, which is dope. Um, I kind of came in with more of a, an underground perception and underground mentality, which that's what they liked and that's why they brought me on the table. But um yeah, it was it was a really interesting experience sending them artists and basically finding talent. They they even flew me out to New York for finding an artist and they we had a meeting with the artist and it was just a it was a dope experience. I was consulting so I wasn't fully on the staff, but I was in the system, consulting for them for six months. So wow. it was interesting. 
that's cool. I mean, because a lot of people don't, you know, just just to be able to get into a record label, you know, and be around all the label heads. I mean, that's that's a, that's a cool move right there. You know, so did that give you? Yeah, I mean, of... I didn't even apply. They they recruited me. They hit me up. So. Wow. So how did how did they find you? Um, just through my my brand. I've, I've been so consistent with my brand. They're like, who the heck runs this thing? You know what I mean? And they found me, and they called me, and we built a relationship, and they eventually brought me on. That's really cool. So are you still connected with them, or what's up, what's up with that? Yeah, I am. I mean, they're always an email away, you know, and I'm, they're never going to shut down something fire. Trust me. You know this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. You think a record label's going to shut down something that got numbers and that's fire? Never. No. No. That's the funny thing about music is that even if you hate somebody, if the song is an undeniable smash, somebody's going to answer your call even if they hate you. For sure. <laughs> For real. Because they're looking at the dollar. The only thing that happens then is dollar signs. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, so, so yeah, you know, so you, so the music, you know, you've done some music on your own, you know, so basically you know, dealing with Atlantic Records and stuff like that, you know, it'd be kind of easy for you to get something heard, right? By those people. Yeah, but I don't, but like, that that to me is like, it doesn't even matter anymore. Like, yeah, the label can hear it. They're going to be like, yeah, it's dope. Okay, that doesn't mean anything. So, what what really matters is the, the song getting heard by the core fan base of these artists. So Hopefully, the artist has done their part, done their work in building some type of fan base, at least a little one. And right, just plugging it into there, you know. That's right. I mean, so so, what do you think about record deals? Then, I mean, as far as you know, because like I said, you are directly, you know, in connection with a record label, Atlantic Records. I mean, you can walk something in tomorrow and say, "Hey, check this stuff out, man." But what do you really feel about labels and record deals and all that kind of stuff that goes with somebody getting a song actually on the radio? What do you think about all that? I think realistically, a label is is going from C to F, not A to B. That's what I think a label is. It's like, you don't sign a label and go to A to B to C. You go to a label when you already got a lot going on for you, and then you just need C to F, which is like a big budget, the radio push. Because you can't, like, if you just go straight to radio as a new artist, it's like you're not going in the right, you're not doing the right steps. You're skipping steps. Because, like, what about doing local shows, building a local fan base? You know, some buzz online. You know, like, what about all those steps? You just want to go straight to radio? So to me, like, the label should be the process where it's like, okay, you already did all that. Now you just need the huge lump sum of money. Now that's all you need, right? And then just plug it in so you could take that, find that C step. Well, yeah, but are you finding that groups nowadays are even having that kind of... Uh you know, or having that kind of a beginning of their career. I mean, I'm, I i don't really know, you know, in my generation, yeah, that's what we did. I mean, most people that got signed in my generation were probably playing clubs years before they got a chance to get a record deal. I mean, do you find that happening with the, the new groups of today? I mean, are they really actually out there doing the, the grunt work, you know what I mean, playing in clubs and doing well, all that kind of stuff? yes and no. Yes and no. What, what happens now a lot is labels will sign you if you're on like a few Spotify playlists that are big and they see you have a lot of monthly listeners because now that's like the name of the game is to, to rack up all the people that have a lot of monthly listeners because they know they're guaranteed 
So so there are some some of these acts that have actually gone out and you know and done some of the, some of the grunt work, and then some of them yeah, have. Yeah, some of them. Yeah. So I mean, because when I'm talking about grunt work, you know, I'm talking about these guys are out there, you know, doing the schlepping equipment, you know, and 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 doing the the, the carrying equipment into the club, and you know, and and doing all these hours playing, you know, covers and and all that kind of stuff. Because it seems to me, there's, there's an awful lot of groups that come up today. That you never even heard of on the street, man. It's just like all of a sudden, it's just out of the blue. You got a record on the radio. I mean, what? Like in my time, it was it was nowhere near that easily. I mean, you you couldn't even. You were lucky enough to if you even got somebody to listen to your stuff because even back then, you know, you couldn't get to no managers, you couldn't get to no producers, you couldn't get to the artists, you couldn't get to nobody. And so I find it today is people are so easily accessible now in the industry. This it's, it's funny because. Back in the '80s, you 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 were lucky if you if you got one appointment with somebody. After months and months and months of trying to get a hold of him, you were lucky if you got that one meeting, and you know. And then you were extremely lucky if you got, you know, some you know if you signed on the dotted line with the record company. I mean, because it seems to me today, there's so many groups coming out one after another, one after another. Did you don't even know who who it is anymore? You agree with that? Right. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, so. I, do. I mean, so. It's kind of like when you say that there are some and there aren't some that are doing the grunt work. I'm like, well, who are they? Because I I, I hear some I hear so many groups on the radio that I I can guarantee you that you know maybe I may not be in the area that they're coming out of, but I can I can almost guarantee you, you know, I'll say it that way. I can almost guarantee you that they haven't done half as what you know some of the groups and bands and stuff that I know back in the eighties were doing. Well, there's a lot of back end things that people don't see, like. Some of these artists that pop out of nowhere and they're having minor success, they might have like a hundred fans that actually buy their stuff rather than a hundred thousand followers that no one buys nothing. And I think that's something that certain people are able to track like labels. They have access to like iTunes and these back end things where they can see, oh, this group has 1,000 people that actually buy their stuff, but no one's heard of them, but they're generating revenue. And that's what labels and businesses like is people generating revenue. So and basically, from me and you, say it again. But, yeah, me and you don't see what's going on all the time. Like we're in our own world, but there's smaller groups and people we never heard of that are have some some cold little followings, and you know we just don't know that we don't see it. But they might have a hundred people that buy their stuff every month that we don't know about, and that's what like businesses like is they want these people that are buying stuff and it's easier now because it's Instagram you know there's there's these things that variables that, that weren't existing back then so basically the new generation kind of thing right now that's been going on for some time is like you really don't have to know if they can even play I mean you know it's just it's just like you know record companies according to what you're saying are kind of looking at it like this. Hey, you know, if the numbers are there on the fans, and 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 it seems that they're buying the product, you know, independently, we better go pick that up because you know we. we I just... mean, yeah. <laughs> so they don't even I mean, know. They don't even know if the band is even a band, or if there's anybody that even plays in the band, or they don't even know if the band's got a show or, or nothing like that. So that's yeah, what it's about. Yeah, uh, that's the thing about the industry. I mean, of course, there's somebody in the building there that for sure cares and is passionate about music and blah, blah, blah. But on the 
flip side, there's a lot of people in the building too that look, man, if if a group's generating a hundred thousand dollars a month by themselves, that's a that's a good business move right there. Who cares if they know how to play guitar or drum? Who cares? Sign it. So they're basically we'll turn that hundred thousand a month into a million a month. So they're basically just just buying the song. They're not they're not buying the group. Well, they they are buying the group because if they're able to generate that type of money alone, they know they can amplify that and get a lot out of that. Okay, so what what kind of what kind of deals are these groups getting? You know that you that you know about. I mean, what what's what's really happening in that in that circle now? As far as deals, I mean, even relating to what you're just telling me, if you got a song, you got a hundred people or a thousand people, you know, buying or they're tracking you or whatever they're doing. I mean, what kind of deal is this label going to come up with? What is it? Is it just not a record deal? How much sales are they getting? So basically, it's just a you know buy and sell type of deal. It's like we're going to buy you, sell you, and then we're going to all make money. Well, their labels now are really trying to lock it in for longer. I don't think a lot of 360 deals are happening unless it's a viral record, you know, kind of like a "Watch Me Whip," "Watch Me Nene." That's that's considered a viral viral record because it's taking off and it's only one song. But if the group itself is has a catalog of five to ten songs and they're generating twenty thousand dollars a month without any label help, they could flip that and get a deal probably for five hundred to a million dollars for sure. And that's, but they would have to give up their whole back catalog, which means they wouldn't own their masters anymore, and the label would collect on all their money. So, so they'd have to come back to them and say, hey, no, we don't want this million dollars. We want to keep our old catalog, and we'll counter and say, you give us 500000 but we keep our catalog. You know, it's just like you got to play hardball if you're making money. So basically, it's like, you know, we're, you know it's just down to the song. We ain't even talking about, you know, we're not talking about looking at, you know, artist development. We're not looking at talking about, you know, promotional tours. We're not, we're just, it's just, it's just cut and dry now. It's just, it's just a song and whoever's behind the song. And, you know, since you guys are getting 20000 a month, you know, we can, we can make this thing be, you know, $2 million, you know, and, you know, if we sign it on the dotted line and we're just dealing, we're dealing with the song, we ain't got to even worry about touring and all that other mess. Yeah, I mean, it depends. If, if they got a good manager, hopefully they do. You know, maybe they could work something out. But a lot of these groups and kids and stuff, you know, they're just anxious. They're really anxious to, to sign. And it just sounds good to sign, quote unquote, sign. You know, but I mean, you know, you know what's up. You're giving a lot. Oh, these lawyers they have are really good, and they know exactly what they're doing. So you might sign for that song or whatever. You're signed for ten years. You don't even know. <laughs> so got to be really careful out here. Oh yeah, because this this is a business full of sharks, right? Yep, yep, yep. So are you? So are you represented by any kind of attorneys and entertainment attorneys for your stuff, or are you self-representing yourself? Um, I'm self-representing myself, but I have an attorney that I do go to if I need stuff. Like I have one right now uh, for a situation of a distribution brand that wants to work with me exclusively kind of for a year. That's why I need to, you know, I'm bringing a, a lawyer on for a small retainer of the fee to work out a good deal for me. 
there's money on the table. So when you talk about deals, working out a deal for you, are you actually currently trying to push music that you wrote? Or are you more concerned with people bringing songs to you that you can actually shop to labels under your production? At this point, I'm more concerned about stuff I write because I've pushed other people's music for so long and it always turns out the same, you know? They always get the best thing going and I get left in the dust because it's their music, <laughs> you know? So I'm concerned about my content, my ownership of my stuff now. Okay, so you're looking at writing stuff for yourself or you're looking at writing stuff for other artists? No, I'll make stuff for other people, but I'll also make stuff for myself too. Oh, okay, that's cool. So, so where are you trying to take your music to? I mean, you know, is it kind of like the same deal we were just talking about? Just trying to get a label to, you know, or you, or you more interested in, in independently controlling your music without the labels? I mean, you're going to be independent all the way around. You don't want to deal with no labels. Yeah, I think I want to be independent, independently controlling my music, making club tracks, like a DJ in the club, and just, just have fun with it and make a lot of it because my brain capacity is able to make tons of music. That's wonderful. I mean, so... You know, so, but when you're looking at it from a business perspective, you know, we all know that we all love to do what we do. I certainly love the music business. I've been in it for 50 years. You've been in the business for about 25 years, doing what you're doing. So when you're looking at it from a business perspective, though, I mean, what is the outcome that you want to see? Because, you know, we can write songs and do all this other kind of stuff. But at some point in time, you have to be looking at it from a revenue standpoint. I mean, what do you got? What do you got in line that you're thinking in terms of? Okay, well, I'm writing songs now just for myself and other people because I'm not taking on other projects coming to me. But what is your outcome that you want to achieve from writing your songs right now? I want to be definitely multimillionaire, but I want to be culturally accept acceptable with the culture, like the music. I want it to be culturally friendly. And uh, fun, you know. I don't want to make dated music and not like what I do, but I want to just make solid tracks, get records, and and also change culture somehow, some way. Yeah, that's great. Now, do you think it's possible? I mean, when you're talking about multi-million dollars, I mean, do you <laughs> do you really think that it's possible? You know, doing it on an independent level. Uh, yeah. So how do you think it's possible? Is it is it on? I mean, what what what's what, what's what's the platform that you had to use to make that happen? Where your 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 music is like, you know, everything that you're dropping, man, is like is bringing in serious revenues. Um, it's just if you have a great following, or if you're placing records with the right people that are doing a lot of stuff. It's just it's all the game of placing, you know, placements. Film and TV is another avenue that's huge, and publishing checks, they could get very, very large from commercials and movie placements and stuff like that. So, it's, it's, imagine if you have a catalog of a hundred, like 10,000 songs, and all those 10,000 songs are out there getting placed, getting this, streaming, the accumulation of all the songs to make you some change. Oh yeah, you know that's you know. why you can't depend on one song. So to blow basically, you, up. you just gotta you gotta make ten, twenty, thirty thousand songs 
Wow. I'm down. I'm down to do that. Wow. That's a lot of writing. Yeah, my brain my brain capacity could, could definitely do it. That's a lot of writing. So so you're kind of more interested in the 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 quantity at this point. I mean, because I mean quality and quantity, but yeah. Yep. Well, well, that's the reason why I didn't say quality, at, at, uh, you know, right away because I was just looking at the quantity factors. Like the way I think about it is that if you're writing songs and you're looking at these songs to be placed in movies and placed in, you know, whatever social media or whatever whatever's going to make it reach a wide audience i mean the song in itself has to be good i mean you know to have a lot of songs to build a catalog that's cool but maybe not every one of those songs are good i mean so so how do you go about that to have a catalog that you say what can can be sold you know to to various you know industry situations like you know movies commercials publishing firms that would you know probably get the song covered by somebody or you know how do you go about the quality of that you know how do you how do you monitor the quality because songwriting you know as far as i know and have been doing it is not easy it's not easy to come up with the hit record you can come up with the song but how do you come up with the hit records that's going to produce those kind of revenues you're talking about um it's it's just being it's being very strategic you know, it's like if I do a song with an, uh, an existing older artist, and I'm not trying to like throw any shade out there, you know, because you know older artists still make a lot of money. But if I do a song with an older, kind of washed up, not washed up, but like you know, they're not any, they're not fresh at all. All right, I do. Let's say I do a big record on them. You know, I produce it, write it. It's just not going to have the same impact as like a little Nas X, like a little Nas X new artist with a new viral song. It's just not going to have the same impact at all because they have a pre-existing fan base that's used to their type of music. Even if I kind of make their style plus mine, it's just not, not going to go viral probably because of certain variables. So, you know, your approach in the music game has to be strategic to where who you're working with, you know, you know, uh, different factors come into play. Like, well, what are they doing? What's their capacity for writing? You know, it's, it's a strategy. It's really all strategy. Music and, TV, music and television, they like tracks that are a little more easy, whatever, kind of brainless, no offense, but, you know, I, you know, then the radio likes certain, you know, pop-friendly vocals or whatever, whatever. You know, it's just, being very strategic about who you work with and how you work with them and blah, blah, blah. So basically, you have the you have the ingredients to write those particular type of songs. Yeah, heck yeah. So you know what the formula is? I, I mean, nobody knows the real formula, but I know my formula to be able to make a song. So I don't know the formula, I just know my formula. So what would you tell up-and-coming songwriters just getting into this game? You know, I mean, take it back to when you were just starting. What would you be able to tell them from your experience and where you're at right now? What would you be able to tell some young and upcoming songwriters slash artists? What would be the, what would be some of the things you would want to tell them to do? I would say craft your skill to the extreme. Make make your skill the best it could be. Be a very sharp, you know, sword blade, whatever in your craft, and and really 
content is king. If it ain't out, it don't exist. Right. Like so, I don't care if you're the best songwriter in the world, if you don't have any songs out, it doesn't matter. You know, there's a guy that's way worse than you that's doing way more stuff because he's out there working with people. But just be strategically work with and really get good and just be humble and work hard on your content. Do something like do videos on Instagram. Like, that's it. <laughs> just go hard. So they just got to just, just gotta keep coming with content. Yeah, you have to. You what have are, to. What are some of the platforms that you think these people should be using to get the stuff out there? YouTube, Instagram, uh, even TikTok now is a new app. It, TikTok now is a new app that's really good for, for kids <clears throat> and music. So that's another good one. Just like of the basics, you know, YouTube for sure and Instagram. Even Twitter. So... They got to get out there and just keep going content crazy. Just keep keep stuff out there so be, to be relevant. Just keep staying out there with content. Is that what they got to be Man, doing? You have to. So that's kind of like is everything. So that's kind of like a full time business in itself. Just doing that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how do they get around doing all all this songwriting? How do they do all this songwriting? And then they then they got to go there and get on social media and go on Twitter and YouTube and TikTok and all these different things. That they, now they got to do that and then they got to. You know, get the songs together. They got to go to the studio. They got to do that. I mean, how do you get around all this stuff without having some kind of an intern or somebody kind of help me out with all this stuff? Well, that goes back to what we're we're saying earlier: is, is that is is it in you? You know, is this really in you, or are you lying to yourself? You know, because if you enter that world of that, you know, you got to already know inside of yourself: is can you really do this, or are you just lying to yourself? So. Um, before even getting into all that content and stuff, I would have a mental conversation with yourself. <laughs> and, you know, it's a lot of work, and it's the only the strong will last. You know, people do stuff like this for really good for, like, you know, five months, and then they quit because it's not meant for them. And that's why I'm still around doing what I do with the and base and everything because I keep going. Man, that's great. <laughs> and that's that goes for anything, not just music. It's just everything and anything. That's great. I mean, that you're, you know, uh, being being your dad, being that I'm your dad, I'm proud of what you're doing and everything you're doing because I know how, how hard this business is to be successful at any level. I don't care whether it's songwriting. I don't care whether you want to be a top 40 band. I don't care if you want to be a solo artist. I don't want to care if you want to be the producer. I don't care if you want to be the engineer. I mean, it takes a lot of work for any of that stuff for you to accomplish any kind of, you know, any, any, anything that comes out of it is going to be from hard work. It's not going to be anything easy, you know. And a lot of people have this, 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 this mindset that, you know, oh, I'm going to get out there and I'm going to write a record and be a star and all that right quick. It, it, there's no such thing. It doesn't, happen, it doesn't happen like that on any given day. Yeah, there's groups out there that are getting signed, like I said earlier, you know, just get all of a sudden you hear all these different new artists. But, you know, I'm sure, like we talked about, that, and you can agree to, that they've had to do something to get to that point, you know. And so, speaking of which, I mean, tell some of these people out here that are listening to this, you know, what, what's, what's current right now, what you're doing? What, what, give, give them all your websites and what, what's, what's the most current thing that you're doing right now that, that they should be looking out for? All right, you can check out my, my art base. Um website, armbase.com, uh, YouTube, 
youtube.com slash rnbase. Um, my Instagram at it's jmain, J-M-A-I-N-E. And um, just find me. Just find me. Or just search rnbase on Google. You'll probably find it. Um, and, yeah, and check out my podcast, too. And, you know, just be, be honest with yourself. That's, that's, that's what I would like to end on is just, just be honest with yourself, man. Everyone's lying to, to yourself. You know, if you can't do it, that's fine. There's something that you can do. And um, do the best thing that you're, you're the best at. And continue to do that consistently. And content is key. <laughs> well, I tell you what, you said a mouthful. And I'm like I said, I'm certainly proud that, you know, you, you're taking on what your dad's been doing for all these years and, uh, and, and, and that you're doing so well and you're loving what you're doing and you're, you're keeping your, your, your sights and, you know, and your mind set to do what you're going to do and you're not backing down and, 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 and I see some wonderful things that come, come down the line, you know. So, man, it was, yeah, you're welcome, son. It was great talking to you. Ladies and gentlemen, that's my son, Jared Gazarian. He goes by the name of Jay Main. You can check him out on Facebook, Twitter, RN Base, you know, on YouTube. And uh, look out for some really cool things that come from him because he's not going to stop until you hear from him. And, you know, and make sure you check out some of his music and purchase some of his music. Where can they buy some of your stuff, by the way? Uh, just search my name, Jay Main. J space M-A-I-N-E, like to say. And I think, you know, a lot of it will pop up probably, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. Yeah, so so give me two, give that to me one more. It was J dot main. How do you do that? No, yeah, no dot. Just the letter J and then a space and then main like the state of Maine. M A I N E. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys check him out. J main, J space main, on any of the platforms, and you'll find him. Check out his music. Go purchase some. That's right, because he'll love you for that. And and we're gonna end this session here. Hope you. Guys had some insight with my son, J-Main, and I appreciate you taking some time out to, to get interviewed, and this is going to be on my next podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel, The Les Edwin Show. Check it out. Subscribe, and that's right, and make sure you check out some of our music, you know, that we're doing with me and my brothers. We got the Edwards Generation album coming out on Cordial Recordings out of London. That's going to be out in September, full album. So make sure you go to Cordial Recordings, C-O-R-D-I-A-L, Cordial Recordings. Check out our album coming out called Dynasty, baby. That's right, Dynasty. Check it out on Cordial Recordings. Check out J-Main's stuff. And, man, I tell you what, we're going to keep it moving. So stay tuned for the next podcast, and I'll see you then. Peace.